Boom. Duncan! What's up? Hey, listen, I know nobody else can see you, but what is wrong with your face, man? <laughs> sound like Jody. <laughs> sound like, that's true. I sound like Jody. And yeah, so, well, unfortunately. What did you do? I, what's going on? Like, let the people know what's happening here. Unfortunately, I think that um, I got poison ivy you got a somehow. poison ivy in the wintertime. Yeah, I don't really. You're outside working. I was burning. So I think Doing I some somehow got on my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Anyways. I totally get it. You know, what the people really want to know is who is going to be the next coach at U of M? Like, so that's what the people really want to know. They don't. They don't want to know that. And so they've not a clue. Come the University of Missouri or Michigan? Michigan. You guys kept your coach, did you not? Yeah, I know, but just for the listeners. Though. Just for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. No, it's all good. I think the offensive coordinator. Are your headphones working, Sean? Or what's They're the not deal? working at all, but I can hear just fine. <laughs> but don't you put those on over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the scenes here, the podcast is... Uh, a little bit of technical uh, difficulties. So I'm going to just spill the water now for the listeners. We need to get a camera in here. We need a camera in here. So. Oh, I got you now, Duncan, loud and clear. Perfect. Well, anyways, yeah, I got poison ivy on my face, but it's going to go away and it'll be great. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. That's right. Because you're a hardworking kid outside doing whatever it takes. Who's our guest today? Hey, it is good to have one of our One Life directors uh, all by herself here. Not the Trinity. It's just I don't know if it's the Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit, but you maybe you tell us, Kelly. I don't know. Kelly Moyer, <laughs> Kelly Bridges. Kelly Moyer. Kelly Moyer. Yeah. I All I know is that we work as one brain better together. There than you go. Apart. You're better together. So this together. could be scary. This could be scary. No, it'll be great. And so, hey, so we just recently, you guys, just the last couple of weeks, got up and talked about second San, second Sunday in January. Got up and talked about one life and fundraising because what do you, it'll I know one life camps not till the summertime. Right. July. Right. Uh, what's the week again? July 21 through 26. 21 through 26. And uh, yet at the same time, it's fundraising time. Yes. And so did you get rid of all of those sweatshirts? I think we have like four or five left. Very cool. So if you still want one. Yeah, you can still grab one. For $100. It's a nice. Is this the first time we've had a sweatshirt, not a t-shirt? No, we've done sweatshirts before. Oh, I guess I don't remember I think that. this is our f- first hooded sweatshirt. Man, it's a great sweatshirt. Yeah, it turned out It's a out really good. good sweatshirt. And yeah. so my daughter's like, uh, Dad, am I getting one sweatshirts? I'm like, I don't know. I'm buying one for myself, <laughs> and I'm buying one for your, your mom. Do you but have $100? You can buy your own, because <laughs> right? I, I know what your bank account has in it. Yeah. And so, uh, kind of thing. But it's really cool. Uh, so tell us, though, uh, this is not the only fundraiser that you guys do. You also talked about a few other things up there on the stage, and you got a fundraiser coming up, and that is? Our One Life Auction. Yep. It's in March 8th. March 8th. Yes. I should know this. I mean, I do know this, but I don't remember. Yeah. Which is My mic's muted. That was embarrassing. Yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> at the Falls, right? Yeah, at the Falls in Columbia, 6 o'clock. You can either buy a table. Or buy a single ticket. Single Still ticket. available. Still available, yeah. Tell us about the uh, speaker. Oh, I'm excited who about is, her. Who is it? Tori Hope Peterson. Okay. She's like a, um, she was in foster care for a lot of her life. And uh, she's now a leading voice advocating for kids in care and just changing foster care. And so she was also, um, I want to say Mrs. America, but I think it was Miss Universe. I can't remember. So yeah. So that's kind of her platform. Yeah, but she's a best-selling author. Her her book is Fostered and her book is amazing. I listened to it it on audio. So I got to hear her voice saying her words and it was really, really good. But we reached out to her and it was like- She's a big deal. She is. Yeah, I mean, she's been on uh, Good Morning America. Was it America. hard getting her to come in? Like, how did you guys um, get this? Yeah, because she was way, way, way out of our budget. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I reached out initially and they were like, okay, this is her, you know, her fee. And I was like, oh, okay, we can't do that. 
Um, and they're like, you know what? Tori wants to get you on a phone call. Wow. And I said, okay. And so she called me the next day and she, her first words out of her mouth were, okay, share your heart with me. Sure. And I did. And she's like, I'll come for whatever your budget is. So, That's incredible. Yeah. She's really cool. She's really oh, wow. Her. She's been on all kinds here. Yeah. She says Ted talk. All right. Uh, Christianity today, CBN. Good morning, America. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I mean, one of the things I love about the One Life Banquet is, I mean, there's a ton of people that come from Life Community Church, but there's a ton of people there yeah. from all from over the community. The place. Yeah. So it is really cool. It is really neat. And so if you don't want to initially, these are the, this is what I love, like, and the thing that we communicate, you guys communicate very well. It's like, everyone can do something. Right. right? I think it was on one of our t-shirts. Yeah. That's a Jason Johnson phrase. Everyone Everybody can do, do something. something. Yeah. So like, if, if your something isn't bringing a foster kid into your home, your something might be going to a banquet or buying a sweatshirt or, you know, those kind of things. Right. If there is anything else other than fundraising, as in, you know, people that want to give financially to help this out, uh, they don't want to necessarily foster. What is another way for them to be involved? Uh, you can always get involved with relief teams, which cool. serves um, children, I mean, families in our church that um, are fostering currently. Yep. And they, what role do they play in a relief team? It's really, I mean, it's really not a huge commitment. It is longevity wise, but not like what's required of you every month. Mm -hmm. So like you can sign up to just take a meal once a month. Wow. They get a meal a week. How cool. Um, but your team is like six people. So you have that, you have babysitting, respite care. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. I'm looking forward to camp. Oh, I love One Life Camp. It's the best really week is. of the year. It is good. It is a great, I mean, there's, I mean, I know this year, you know, we're going to Arizona as a church and that's gonna be real exciting. I think there are there's gonna be nearly 40, 50 people going, oh, wow. uh, but there's nothing like going uh, for a week with, you know, your uh, large, I mean, how many volunteers will we have there? We have One over a hundred. Yeah. So you get a hundred people from Life Community Church that you get to spend a whole week with. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible, it's an incredible experience in regards to the interaction that you're having with the kids and the things that you learn, you know, about foster care and the need and the fact that it's in our backyard, but even more so, and equally as important is uh, the camaraderie, family, the bond. I mean, it's an incredible time with your church family. Incredible time. Yeah, Absolutely I agree. I mean, I tell people all the time, I ask them if they know anybody or if they're trying to get to know people. And if they say, no, we don't really know anybody. I'm like, you have to get involved. And involved. one life is just like a different involvement. Mm -hmm. It's like you get to know people, you get to see the good, the bad, and the ugly sometimes so of people and um, just get to know them on a different level. That's incredible. Yeah. But listen, we're here to know a little bit more about our one, one of our One Life directors. And so we've asked you to come on and share your salvation story, a little backstory of just sure. you getting to know the Lord, giving your life to the Lord, all those kind of things. And uh, obviously your whole family, uh, now your whole family, pretty much your whole family. Yeah, your whole family attends Life Community Church. Yeah. And um, uh, your dad's part of one of the OGs, old guys here yes, that shows up every single week. And does, yep. <laughs> yep, yep, uh -huh, yep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And does a lot of the projects around here. We appreciate that. And so you start, tell us, wherever you want to go, tell us oh, about uh, you and Jesus getting together. I feel like I need to start back when I was like five years old um, because that, like, without that moment, I wouldn't even be here. But I got really sick really fast when I was five and my mom rushed me to the hospital and my dad and they immediately said that like, um, they didn't really know what was wrong with me, but they knew that there was fluid surrounding my brain and there was nothing they could do to really stop it. And so I was admitted to the um, children's hospital and well, Cardinal Glennon and they basically pronounced me brain dead 
and told my Whoa. parents I would never um, leave the hospital and that they needed to start making decisions. And so oh my goodness! while I was sitting there, I mean, I'm obviously unaware of all this and I'm five. Um, a doctor that wasn't my doctor walked by and she came in and she said, I feel like God's telling me I need to lay hands on your daughter and pray for her. A and, doctor that works for the hospital. Yeah, a foreign doctor that we wasn't our doctor. And she just said that God just told her to come in and pray for me. And so she did. And the next day I got up and walked out. And wow. the doctors were all... I don't even know what to say right yeah, now. Yeah. That's incredible. Kelly, I did not know this. Yeah. This is amazing. Crazy. Did yeah. anybody have proof of this late doctor that worked at the doctor and worked there? I mean, I have a picture of me and her, but I've sure. never been able to locate her. I actually reached out to the hospital and asked, and they said that they didn't have anything on me at the hospital anymore. So I couldn't get any... I, I wanted to reach out to her. Do you know the doctor's name? Or? No. Man, you know, I think of that passage in scripture where the Bible talks about how times we're entertaining angels. You yeah. know what I mean? And not that it wasn't a doctor. I mean, no, it definitely sure. could be a human, human that heard God's voice, walked in and said, well, you know, the doctor can't do something, but God can do something. Yeah. And so, but. But wow. that, I mean, I look back at that all the time and I ask myself, like, if she wouldn't have been obedient and walked right. in, would I still be here? I right. don't know. And that means more to me now than it did like when I was five and six. I, I didn't understand it, but now. Couldn't I couldn't imagine back. being your mom and dad in that situation. Right. Yeah. Just, Were your mom and dad. Uh, Christians at this point. Or? I mean, we were Catholic, so not in the same way, like relational sure. wise as we are now, but um, yeah, that definitely was a how did moment. that How did that moment, it, it, maybe you don't know this, but like did that moment, how did that moment impact your family's relationship with Christ from that point on? Well, I mean, our priest that we sat under when we were, were Catholic, he was very much like, he believed a lot that we believed, like the same way that's we awesome. believe now. And yeah, so that's incredible. Um, I think that it, di it didn't really, it did impact them, but it didn't like really change. We already were kind of believing differently. You and knew so, that you expected that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so that was probably like the, not, like the first thing that I can remember that really impacts impacted like my walk with God. But fast forward a little bit to like my junior high, eighth grade, I started making really poor choices, like smoking and drinking and wild. And not because my parents weren't like right. in my life or like on top of me no, all the time. Your dad. Yeah. I mean, they had, I mean, we were in church. I mean, they were teaching me differently, but yeah. I was very, I have a very rebellious spirit. So, um, I started down that path and that kept, were me. you a strong willed child? Oh yeah. So not maybe not rebellious, yeah. right? Like strong willed. Yeah. But there was something thing. in me that just wanted to do the, what I wasn't supposed to do. Gotcha. Like, um, I really craved that for some reason. I don't okay. know why. And, uh, one of the things I remember was like, I went to my last day of eighth grade, completely drunk and, I eighth to, grade? Yeah. Is Kelly, that, there's so much we didn't My parents don't even know a lot of the things I'm going to share probably. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy. So that kind of started my poor choices. Okay. And then um, just continued to be wild through um, high school and through my late teens. And when I was 18, I was hanging out with a um, rough crowd and I actually got arrested for shoplifting. Um, my goodness. I was $5. I, I mean, you guys, I can tell you, like, I was not a good kid. Is this in Belleville? Yeah, this is when we lived. Yeah. It was at the Fairview Heights Mall, St. Clair Square. And I was $5 under a felony. And so it was like, okay, God, like, what are you trying to teach me? Well, wow. I was 18. Sure. So I was like, You're well, they I had enough money to bail myself out. And I bailed myself out. And um, my parents still found out about it. Sure. <laughs> I literally got home and they were like, we know exactly what is going on. And they always told me like, we're praying for you. So we'll always know. And I always got caught like every single time in high school, I got caught all the time. Mm -hmm. And I would just, I mean, be grounded. And then I just turn around and go back and do it again. So, um, my parents were definitely 
praying for me, which is why it's huge. Mm. Like, I think that's a huge reason why I'm Absolutely. still walking with the Lord. Um, so that changed like my trajectory is like, I walked away from those friends and I started like doing a little bit better, but that I still didn't have a heart change. Cause you felt like I can't, it wasn't necessarily a God change. You felt like, okay, I'm 18 years old. I can't continue doing this. Right. Right. Nothing's going to turn out good right. for and me. And I was I embarrassed. Do. Like I was sure. so embarrassed. And so, um, I changed the friend group still a little bit, but still wasn't making good choices. And then I got married at 21, had my first child at 22. And so still not following the Lord, but this whole time still in church, like never once did I miss a Sunday. Like wow. I was there all the time. Cause it was just like, what was embedded in me? Like, this is what we do as a family. Oh, and yeah. so I carried that into my family as well. And then it was like, I was 25 and I remember just being so miserable, miserable in marriage, miserable as a mom. And, um, I was like, something has to change. And so the pastor one day said something about like, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, like you need to come back to the Lord. And he said, stand up. And I just did. Wow. And then from that moment forward, I just pray God change me. I couldn't wor worry about what Aaron was doing or his heart. Like I had to only worry about my own. And so that kind of started the change in our marriage, the change in like my life and all that. And so, um, because so, I'm like, assuming at this point, not that Aaron's here, obviously, but mm -hmm. I'm assuming at this point, Aaron's probably not living for the Lord either. Right. right? Neither one of us were. Yeah. yeah. And we started dating at a really young age at 15. Gotcha. So we wow. got married at 21 and then had Clint at 22. Yeah. But um, that didn't mean like, just because I made that, I felt like it actually got a little harder once I made that decision to like, I mean, I walked away from every friendship I had and I was probably supposed to be like one of the loneliest times in my life, but mm -hmm. it turned out like for me to rely on the Lord so much and become closer with him that then he started sending like friendships into my life that were good. And so, um, it was actually a really, really good time in my life, but fast forward just a little bit, like maybe a year or two and, um, my niece drowned and, um, she actually died on her third birthday. And that was probably one of the, like, if I was going to call something a faith crisis, that was probably like the hardest thing for me. And so I remember when she died, I prayed and I believed that God was going to heal her. I was like, there's no way he would heal me and he wouldn't heal her. And then whenever he didn't heal her, I went into a year long season of bitterness. And I thought I towards was, God. I didn't realize that at the time, sure. I thought I was bitter towards her parents, which is yeah. so bizarre and how selfish of me. But, um, I was just angry. And Why then, would you have been bitter towards her parents? You know, just like, how could she have drowned at age okay, three? Like I that see. kind yeah, of thing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but what I, I mean, obviously I know better now, right. but, um, after a year of that, I mean, I had so much hatred. It was so crazy. I was so miserable. And I just said to the Lord, I'm so tired of being like miserable and I don't want to do this anymore. And he said, take a meal every day this week to them. Wow. And I was like, that is not what I want to do. <laughs> I do wow. not want to do that. I mean, that was like all the pride in me was like, absolutely not. But I was like, I was so tired of it. So I was like, okay, I will. I called him up, but I said, the Lord told me to bring you a meal every day this week. And so I did that. And by Friday, all of my bitterness was gone. Wow. Like I didn't have anything left. I was like, okay, that was cool. That's incredible. Yeah. And so that was definitely uh, a life changing. Yeah. You know, at that point in your life though, like uh, at that point in your life though, you're like, this thing with your niece, like you're believing in God, you're loving God, all those mm -hmm. kind of things. And there's just something that happens that yeah. causes there to be anger, confusion, bitterness, yeah. you know, amongst you and uh, a family member. Yeah. Yeah. So 
went through that. Um, and then a few years later, um, I'm trying to think how old I was, like 20, I had ice when I was 30. So like 31, I had a really hard miscarriage and that really rocked me pretty good. But God kept reminding me like when I was healing from that, like that he still has me and his plan is better. And so I remember sitting a few weeks later across from um, Aaron and we were at Olive Garden, actually, I can actually picture it in my mind. And he said, well, I said, I can never go through that again. That was like terrible. And um, he was like, we could always foster and adopt. And I was like, can I get you to sign right now in blood that you said that? Because I had wanted to foster for a long time, but um, he, it was just never something that like he was really fully on board with until he was. Yeah. And so that kind of, um, that stirred a whole new thing because, um, I don't know what it was, but like when we started moving towards that, we started kind of fighting more and it was like something like the devil was trying to stop us from doing that. But hold on, I need to rewind really quick. When I was 16, this was really cool. When I was 16, not following the Lord, I was at at church because I still went. And I remember um, we had a special speaker and he's like, he wanted all of the youth to come forward. And he actually prophesied over my life. And he said, you will be leaders of hundreds of people one day. And I had no idea what that meant or what that looked like, which is like crazy because I mean, now I'm actually doing that. You're doing that. And so that was really neat. That's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still am like still trying to comprehend the idea that like there was no hope for your life. Yeah. Right? You know, at the age yeah. of five, which obviously you don't fully grasp because you're five, you right. know, but thinking about it now as an adult, like, and God spares your life, you know, why do you think that happened? I don't know. You have no idea. You have no thoughts. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess for such time as this, like what I'm doing yeah. now, I don't sure. know. No, Cause without me, my kids wouldn't be here. Yeah. And I don't know what God has planned for their life yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, we get the idea of the fact that like the enemy's out to kill, steal and destroy, like mm-hmm. no matter what he wants to just because he does not want even us to connect to Christ. If that's the only reason, you know, but yeah. man, yeah, I think of, you know, how the Lord's used you since I, I didn't know any of this about your life. You know what I mean? And shame on me for not asking, but, um, uh, the fact that like what I've known you do in the last five years, four years of one life. It was seven years. This is our six year camp. Years? Yeah. COVID messed me up. And so, you know, like, oh my goodness, but just even the last seven years, uh, the lives that have been changed, transformed and touched, you know, and, um, obviously, um, the battle, uh, that was happening inside of you because the end, not the enemy knew how, I don't, I'm not sure the enemy understands like, you know, how might God be using us, but at the same time, like there was something, you know, uh, just incredible that God wanted to do with your life. And so, yeah. And what's even crazier, like I was just thinking when you're talking is like every time we have any big, big thing coming up with one life, my body gets attacked. Wow. Every single time I'm sick and and I'm like, I'm never sick. And then sure. I'm all of a sudden sick, sick when these things come mm-hmm. about. And so I started having people pray for me whenever, like every year on the One Life auction, I'm miserable. I don't feel well at all. And I had people last year start praying for me, yeah. like against the, you know, attacks of the enemy. What would you say um, to the parent, right? To the mm-hmm. parent that's listening and maybe even teenager, you know, but I'm um, more likely probably a parent, but what would you say the parent that has the junior high student, you know, that has the high school student that just seems to be going the wrong direction? What would you say to them? Uh, well, one, definitely keep praying for them. 
Mm-hmm. Two, I would definitely be in their business. <laughs> like, sure. don't leave them don't be, stop. right? And keep them in church. Keep them in yeah. church, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because your mom and dad, it wasn't an option. You were right. you were at home, you were in church. Yeah. Didn't matter if you were hearing it the right way or not hearing yeah. the right way. I mean, I remember going to youth group high. <laughs> wow. Like wild stuff like that. And then um, going to Sunday service, completely hungover. I mean, just so many times. But it's, it, it didn't just, matter. It didn't matter. I still went. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a huge thing, like that my parents didn't just let me go. Even as an adult living at home, it was still not an option. You still went to church. Still went to church. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we want to get Aaron on here one day. No, good luck with that one. (laughs) But was it uh, a situation where you came to the Lord before Aaron or how how did that play out? I mean, he was raised in church the same as I was and um, all of that. How long were you Catholics though? Which sounds third like grade. you were a pretty awesome Catholic church. Third, I mean, till third grade. And then you started coming to church more like life community. Then we switched to a Pentecostal church. And right. I was like, where are we at? Whoa, what is going a, on? That's a jump. It was that's wild. Jump, yeah. And we were there. Um, that was an Assemblies of God church. Okay. And then we um, stayed in the same thing, just to a different church when I was in high yeah. school. And Aaron was born and raised in one church. So, okay. What was your question though, Duncan? I want to make sure that we... Oh, I was talking about... So he, he already kind of was walking with the Lord before that moment whenever you stood up in service. Yeah, but he he'll, he would even say like, um, he saw me changing and that kind of spurred him to change. So there's transformation that happened in both of your life. For sure. Yeah, yeah. that's really incredible. For sure. Yeah, that that's, what about the individual that like, um, you know, that just is like at a place where like, uh, kind of like where you were at, like uh, you, this multiple things happening and happening and happening. Um, and they found themselves, they're finding, it, they're finding it hard or challenging to surrender their lives to God. Um, I mean, what is like, I mean, which it makes, I mean, we hear you say like, I, I surrendered, but like there was a process of you surrendering. It wasn't like you're going to church every Sunday. Like there was many opportunities for you to surrender your life to God. But at the same time, then like, there's this moment that happens, you know, that, um, that you, you do that. And so, I mean, obviously I'm asking the question, you know, what would you say to that person? I'm sure the easy answer is like surrender, you know, yeah. uh, but anything you'd say to them or. I mean, I was at a rock bottom sort of place. Like I didn't, I mean, there was no other option mm-hmm. for me. Um, out of my own pride and stubbornness, I got to that point though. So sure. I, I mean, obviously I'd recommend don't do that. And yeah. Um, there's always somebody wiser and who knows more and who's been there before that you can listen to that would, you know, encourage you also not to do that. But I don't know. It makes um, sense to me. It, it brings clarity, not that I was looking for, but it makes sense to me why you are a youth leader. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, especially because, you know, you get the student that like, um, like is having a difficult time and not that you're in a difficult, but like pursuing everything in life that they shouldn't pursue. Right. I mean, I can, I can pick you out without you even telling me Wow. by just your body, like the way that you carry yourself. I can tell if your heart, your heart is hard towards the Lord. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, I tell my girls all the time, like, um, when you say that, girls, you're talking about your my girl, youth girls. Your, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's the grade level you have? Sorry. <laughs> I'm out, I'm trying to think. 10th, 11th and 12th. Okay. Gotcha. And a lot of my girls that are juniors this year, I've had them since sixth grade. So I've been their youth leader and I've got to watch and it's, one of my favorite things is like seeing the growth in them and mm-hmm. seeing them actually pursue the Lord on their own um, and be excited to talk to me about it. So that's really cool. Yep. Well, and I mean, too, I mean, what a benefit for them 
uh, I mean, there's nothing that they can say that like you can't speak into in regards to, you know, that type of, uh, challenge of life in regards to, you know, like I get it. I know where you're at. Like, let's yeah. talk about it, you know, yeah. which is so cool. And I, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd encourage, so, I mean, it's one of the, it's such an important, re- there's many reasons I can't get my words out, I guess, but there's many <laughs> reasons why it's so important for us to be involved in ministry, you know, just to sure. further, go- further the gospel. Yet at the same time, like the fact that you have a story that potentially would connect with so many other stories and you're just, lo- you're just waiting for those stories to collide, yeah. you know? And, yeah. uh, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's an important, like that the girls know, or if you have a kid that's um, struggling and not making good choices as a parent, like you can't change their heart. Only the Lord can do that, but you can love them and so that they know that you're still there and that you're not leaving them and that you can give them the steadfastness like we get from the Lord. Um, but the Lord, I mean, he's the only one that can change their heart. That's really good. Yeah. So you're saying to the, to the mom that's listening, right? Like, yeah. You keep know, praying, keep loving that child and yeah, reminding really them of good. truth. And um, yeah, I mean, God will do the work. Yeah. Yeah. And what an encouragement to a parent like, Hey, listen, if you have a Kelly Moyer out there at yeah. the age of 16, 17, 18, <laughs> right. you know, like there's incredible things. Don't give up. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, you kind of already asked the final question. I know. She, well, she, I did, but like at the same time, that was an incredible. We don't want to ask it again. It's or? up to you. Yeah. You're the final question guy. I'm not. <laughs> That's not my job. He gave me the kind of final question look. So I was wondering. I did give you the final question look. So if there's something you could share to just the whole. I know he kind of was really specific and this could be related to anything foster care. It could be related to your story or whatever, but just to the whole LCC family, uh, what would that be? I think make like, sure you sign up besides, to volunteer yeah, besides at one sign life. Up for one life. <laughs> yeah. Sign up. Um, Speaking of sign up, where does one sign up for One Life Camp? There are applications at Shop Life. Shop Life. Mm-hmm. And there is a website, right? And you can go on our website, Which One Life Men, so O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-I-N.org. The dates of camp this year are as follows. July 21 through 26. She already said that. I know, I was just reiterating. Oh, okay, good. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think the one thing that I saw over and over in my life is obedience and not just obedience from me, but like of other people that have... So if God's calling you to do something, mm-hmm. like be obedient, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's hard, even if it means you lose something that's like a worldly possession that's close yeah. to you, like be obedient and he'll honor it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's good. I love it. Man, what a great, Kelly, I've learned so much about you today. You're welcome. So cool. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, so cool. I love it. We yeah. appreciate you. So thankful for you. Love what you do here at One Life, our Life Community Church, more than, way more than One Life, but- Man, incredible story. If you haven't got a table for the auction, do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, in the description below, I'll put the website, right? Wouldn't that be the best? Yeah. There you go. You want to pray us out? Sure. Lord, thank you so much um, for today and for everybody who's listening. I pray, God, that um, if somebody's feeling discouraged and like they're too far gone, God, that they would know that you're close to them and it's not too late to come back to you. Um, we love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the This Is Life podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story, you can text the word story to 618-232-4707. For more information on Life Community Church, you can visit our website at lifeillinois.org. We'd also love to see you on a Sunday morning at church at either 830 or 1030.